All right, guys, Michael Hicks here with Mike Does on the Build Unique podcast where we will discuss weekly building a unique lifestyle, building a unique business, and building unique lives for ourselves that allow us to be financially free. I'm here today with Mike from Mike Will Travel. Before we talk to Mike, let's listen to a word from our sponsor. All right, I'd like to thank our sponsor of this week's video, Wander Chat Vacation Rentals here in Chattanooga, Tennessee. For all your unique vacation rental needs, we have water properties, we have mountain properties, we have shipping containers, A-frames, lake houses. We got you covered on your unique spaces. So come on down and see us. Visit us at wanderchat.com or on TikTok and Instagram at wanderchat. All right, so Mike, you're part of the content creator community. You're part of the creator community. What got you started and led you down this path, this unique pathway to a career that 10 years ago we would have never thought imaginable yes sir well uh thanks first of all uh, for having me on the show pumped to be here and that's definitely a, a long journey a long story probably started about like five yeah, six so years ago tell us, tell us about mike first and then yeah uh, yeah sure so um yeah so my i go by mike will travel my actual name is mike ionetta and uh yeah, predominantly a YouTuber. I showcase unique Airbnbs, unique spaces like your container homes, tiny homes, uh, tree houses, all different types of wacky stuff. Um, but that's my primary thing right now. And I also have a marketing agency where I help these same you know Airbnb owners just market their places better on social media. So that's what I do. Um, how I got there? Yeah, definitely a journey. Um, Probably started about five, six years ago. I was in like college and university and I was uh, studying abroad. And so I uh, was based out of London and uh, very easy, very cheap to get around Europe. It's, you know, $50, $100 round trip, uh, you know, plane tickets to go and hop around the region. And um, I just always became interested in like hotels and the hospitality industry and just traveling in general, just kind of always had a, a passion, an interest in that. And at this time, this is really early in the, I hate the term, but the influencer market, the influencer space where people were starting to reach out to hotels and travel companies, you know, getting stuff for free in exchange for content. And so I thought, oh, I'll try and do the same. And at this time, I wasn't even on YouTube. TikTok wasn't a thing. I was just on Instagram, maybe 10,000-ish followers. And I started pitching hotels. But what I did differently is I you know, just provided more value. And that's I'll talk about that more later. But instead of just the usual photos and, hey, I'll give you an Instagram post and blah, blah, blah. I was like, hey, I'll do all the normal stuff you're getting pitched on. But I'll also give you free marketing consultation, like actual value that's tangible and give you feedback on your website and your Instagram and your Facebook page and this and that. And um, I got a lot of uh, a lot of good answers for that. I was basically able to travel essentially for free over the span of five or six months all across Europe, staying at these hotels, and that's how I built my my marketing agency. And so that was kind of like phase one. Moving another you know two years or so you know further down the road when I got you know more started uh, on YouTube, um, it really just kind of came down to me meeting a couple of uh, really incredibly talented YouTubers and they really just you know, introduced me to the space and this one guy Bobby in particular was really influential on me um, getting started there and uh, it's initially started as a unique hotel channel and I realized uh, that was not going to be scalable I was going to go broke trying to travel to all these unique hotels around the world because there's lots of luxury hotels but it's not something like unique hotels that are very viral worthy that are going to take off on YouTube and eventually I was just you know honestly about ready to throw in the towel and I was literally in this igloo in Finland I just finished shooting this this hotel video I was like 
this is not going to work. I'm going to go broke. This stuff isn't going to go viral. And I happened to go on Airbnb, and this is when Airbnb had just released their like unique filters. They had the tiny homes, I think container homes at the time. I was like, wait, why the heck am I not you know shooting Airbnbs? And I went on YouTube, my searching Airbnb tours, and there was a bunch of videos taken off. I was like, I should do Airbnb tours. So that's the condensed version. Still quite long, but the condensed version. So you're taking the marketing experience and then applying it to the the creator experience and uh, and combine the two and, and made a career out of it. Yeah. And, and you mentioned a couple things that, that kind of struck with me. You didn't say, yeah, I started YouTube a year and a half ago and I just blew up. Mm-mm. Or you didn't, you didn't say, I just did this on my own. You know, one of the things about building a, a business and a lifestyle is relying on those that have done it before you and mm-hmm. mentors. And you mentioned Bobby and... Yeah, uh, you know the impact that he had helping you get started. Oh yeah, you know that's one thing that that I've always uh, leaned on was the mentors and those that came before me because you know nine times out of ten there's somebody that's already done what you're doing, they've already made the mistakes, mm-hmm. and they're able to propel you much faster than you know going out and doing it on your own. Oh yeah, and, and it's not an overnight thing. Absolutely not. I I couldn't agree more with the mentors. I've had uh, mentors still do to this day for every I feel like different stage or different career path in my life. My earliest mentor still is to this day is my dad. Shout out dad. He's a, did really well in business and just always went to him in the early days and everything. I had my agency as well. I had two or three mentors who had these huge marketing agencies. I always went to them for advice. And then, yeah, now with YouTube, um, yeah, the, the biggest one, his name is Bobby Brisky. He goes by Living Bobby on YouTube and um, really big. He's at, I think, almost like 3 million subs now on, uh, on YouTube. And, uh, and he just kind of, um, I, from day one was like, you know, this is I think a big piece of advice from looking to collaborate with someone bigger than you, another creator or a business is just always think about how you can provide them value. Because if you're coming to them, you're significantly smaller. I didn't even have a YouTube channel at this time. So what did I have to offer Bobby? He had two, three million subscribers at this time, would have really no issue getting next to anything he wants in travel space. So what I did, I basically got him a bunch of free hotels set up in Bali in the Maldives through contacts of mine because I still have my marketing agency. I was like, hey, man, come out. I, you know, this is cool villa in Bali. He shot a video there also in the Maldives. And after that, I just gave him all this free value. He then started coaching me. And when I saw him shooting a video actually in person, I just saw like how passionate he was about YouTube and just how enthusiastic. And he's telling me all about this, this lifestyle he built and the freedom. I was like hooked. And uh, ever since that day, it's just basically been an open book and um, really um, influential. So also shout out to Bobby and a couple other YouTubers. I'm very influential in, in, the, in the career path for sure. Yeah. So, you know, you hit a, a nail there. I mean, a, a good key point. You know, when you are starting out, you know, you've got to think about what you do have to offer. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times you're giving, you know, what you have to offer because that's all you have to give. Yeah. You know? So those contacts are are so important and you know you continue to build them throughout your whole life you know I'm, and I'm still relying on business mentors and and uh, individuals that helped me through high school you know yeah. and here at 41 that are still you know have an impact in my life and I'm able to call and say hey what what would you do here or how would you do this and uh, but now I'm also you know able to bring value to them in, in whether that be a referral or 
uh, you know, another contact that I've made somewhere else in the world mm-hmm. uh, and help them with their business as well. So Absolutely. I think it's really the whole concept of like giving with no expectation yeah. of anything in return. 100%. That's, I think, really key. And also like going out for the people that basically like you want to be them in 5, 10, 20 something years. I mean, I, again, keep using Bobby as an example of another mentor, um, Conrad. He runs this like really um, successful travel company, um, has a beautiful wife to like adorable, I think three now, adorable kids and everything. I'm like, I want to be like Conrad in like yeah. 10 years. So kind of like just looking at these people at different stages of their lives, but um, staying close to them and kind of visualizing yourselves um, through them. I think is also, um, you know, really important thing you're looking for mentors. So, right. Yeah. Get a mentor. Love it. It yes, helps. Definitely, <laughs> definitely. You know, if you don't know, ask. Uh, that's uh, that's yeah, huge for me. But so you're traveling the world. You're traveling the states and staying in the, these unique stays now. Mm-hmm. What What are the things that stand out to you the most about the 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 best of the best, the mm-hmm. the the most unique stays out there? What What really sets those apart from the traditional Airbnbs or vacation rentals? Yeah, definitely. There's there's always definitely um, a bunch of factors. One is absolutely, you know, really has to be unique if it wants to, you know, be featured on my channel and my, my social media. You know, it's it's one thing that's just like a, a nice luxury cabin. Um, I always think like this stereotypical, like, you know, log cabin. And sure, even if it goes for like $2,000 per night and it's insanely nice and this and that, that's cool. There's tens of thousands of those on Airbnb. And that's great, but it's, again, it has to perform well and have that viral factor for me. And really the only types that have that are the ones that are like the tree houses, the container homes, the A-frames, the ones that just have, they're just different and have that wow factor. So that's kind of step number one. Um, step number two is like location, I think as well. Um, you know, just having like the mountaintop view or being on a lake or just, you know, some other, or at least close to a relatively nice city. So you're not like in the middle of nowhere. Uh, location's also like really big. And then for me, I kind of, I haven't exactly coined a phrase for this, but I'd say um, having like that, uh, let's call it like the Instagram angle for now. What I mean by that is basically every place has at least like one exterior shot with the drone or the photo that's just like, wow. It just elicits that response. Um, and that, for me, I think is like the YouTube thumbnail. YouTube thumbnail is very important. Even if you make an amazing video, if your thumbnail sucks, nobody's going to click on it. Same thing for your Airbnb listing. Your first photo on Airbnb listing has to be amazing. And when you're scrolling down all these other options in the area of the Airbnb, it has to like make people like stop. It has to be a scroll stopper. Um, so stuff like that, I would say. And probably one of the last things, and I could probably keep going on this for a while, but this is, I think... Probably the one that's missed the most, I would say, um, it's just the guest experience. And I think to expand upon that, it's it's having things like handwritten notes and little gifts and, and things like that. Just anything that's remotely personalized for the guest, I think is extremely important. Because there have been a lot to Airbnbs where it just feels like it's, it's like another hotel or like a turntable business or they have Ikea furniture or stuff like that. Um, there's only a select few where you can tell they go above and beyond, where they actually want to work with me. They leave me, you know, notes. They um, they work with, like, local businesses. They bring in local goods, stuff from local coffee shops. They have nice guest books, nice guidebooks, stuff like that. Well, they just kind of go the extra mile in terms of the, the hospitality experience. That also um, really stands out to me. 
and kind of almost makes me remember the host more than just the place too. You know, if you have a nice guest book and maybe the about page, you're like, hey, you know, this is me and, and my wife or me and my husband. This is our family. We've decided to build these Airbnbs and, and share them with you. I remember those people way more than just like an Airbnb management company, you know. Yeah, so the host is setting up uh, an experience from day one when they're communicating, mm-hmm. when they're, they're uh, presenting the guidebook, their gift package. Uh, down to the packaging on the items in the unit themselves. I know a lot of hosts will uh, market and brand their items uh, throughout the the units, but mm-hmm. what once you once you get past that, what what are the next things? Like what else that's uh, more personalized? Um, well, what what are the the things to do on the property? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'd say, like, amenities and stuff, too, obviously, are, are always great. I mean, you can never go wrong with, like, the fire pit, the hammocks. Um, I know hot tubs are a controversial topic among hosts. I know a lot of guests like them. I know they're they're tough to clean and this and that and everything, and that's definitely um, also nice. Um, but, yeah, I think I've been, to, I've been to lots of places that are just generally high-end and have great amenities and stuff like that, but a lot of them strike out in terms of the, the personal, personalization factor and leaving behind the goods and, and you know, just talking to the, um, the guests as if they were, you know, actual, you know, humans, not just another, you know, you know, number on their bottom line for their monthly revenue or something like that. Yeah, so. you know, and that, I think a lot of that might get lost, you know, I'm thinking back to when we've communicated with, with uh, creators. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of that's not through a platform, so you're not going through the motions like you would with a, a, a traditional guest. Yeah. And you're you're yeah. communicating via Instagram or a, you know Messenger or or whatever that means is. So you know for that's sure. something the for us to think about as hosts is, you know, we're still wanting to, to create that that same experience for the creator because that's what they're conveying when they <laughs> when they put the video out. There. No, that, that's important. Like I even have sometimes when um hosts will try to like you know extra stuff for me just because like I'm the creator. I'm like, hey, like I appreciate that. But, like I want to showcase what it is for like the normal paying guests. Like I sure. want like to showcase if you were actually to book this place because of my video, this is the exact experience you're gonna get. Which is also like you know it will look bad for the host if whatever they left behind a gifts basket or chocolate or whatever. And then someone comes and books and they're like, yo, where's my chocolate basket? Yeah. And I, like Mike said, there's going to be a chocolate basket. I mean, you both look bad. So I'm like, show yeah. me the real experience. No, that's, that's, that's so, a good point. You know, yeah. and we'll, we'll do that sometimes, you know, when we've worked with creators in the past is, you know, we have a, a charcuterie experience and a, and a wine experience, you know, that are add-ons for the guests. Yeah. But a lot of times we would leave that for the, for the creator mm. uh, to where they can still show, hey, this is, you know, this is available, gotcha, uh, gotcha. but not necessarily included. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's, that's, that's interesting. Uh, those are good good points. Um, when you're when you're entering a property, or, or uh, but let's, let's take a step back to when you're mm-hmm. contacted. I'm sure at this point you're not contacting hosts; they're contacting you, right? I'd say it's a mix because I would say the yes, I do get a lot of uh, inbound requests, but I would say eighty percent of them. I either decline or I'm just not interested because, again, I'm very picky about what I shoot. And a lot of them are just, again, the kind of just average places, sorry, but like just not of interest to me or like they're nice, again, luxurious, but they're not like, you know, unique or like viable worthy. So I'd say actually still the majority of my stuff is um, is outbound because also I can talk on this more later. Um, I'm very uh, 
good at organizing trips, I try to bunch my shoots together. So like right now at the time of, of recording this, I've been doing um, a trip throughout Tennessee and the Carolinas and Georgia, and I'm shooting uh, 15 spots in about 20 days. I'm trying to be like really efficient, get a lot of content that lasts me for about uh, three or four months. So it's way easier for me to shoot uh, a bunch of spots all in one area logistically obviously saves on money too stuff like flights and rental cars and and food versus like you know shooting all over the country randomly and fly, flying here and flying there like it just it would be really expensive and extremely inefficient so i usually i really um you know uh, save the places and like wish lists like these are the ones in georgia that have either reached out to me or i'm interested in i try to um you know really stay on top of that and um trip trip organization is is very key very key uh, good. okay so so you, you've said that you vet and then you you kind of call out about 80 percent you have a, 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 a vibe, uh, you've created a brand, you know, and it's important that you stick to that. And that's, mm-hmm. uh, that's kind of what you're doing with that. When you get to a property, you know, I'm sure it's not always as it seems. Mm-hmm. What are the things that you see when you hit that property that are like, oh man, I can't show this or, <laughs> you know, that make you cringe as you walk by or, or this, yeah, isn't, this yeah, isn't cool yeah. or, you know. I like this question. Um, Okay, this is one, I'll definitely want to mention this. Um, a lot of places, hosts, please do this. Please have a sign outside of your property, especially if you're on a busy road. Because I can't tell you how many times I'll just blow past a place because either Google Maps, like it takes me to the wrong place or there's no cell reception, so I can't quite tell. And it looks like someone's driveway and I, I blow right past it. Right. There's just at least half a dozen times I've wasted like another hour trying to freaking find the place. If you just had a nice little sign, yo, here's my Airbnb, so much easier. That's one minor thing. Um, other things, hmm, I would say a lot, a couple of times I've had it when it's just like, you know, like marks on the wall, had like a hole in the wall once or like, like black scratches or stuff like that. I'm like, ooh, I gotta, I gotta, you know, cut the angle on that and, and not okay, show that a couple of times. I'd say like stuff like that um, has stuck out. Um, I, I get this a lot on, on hot tubs. A lot of them have like covers and there's like mold on them sometimes. Or just like hot tubs aren't always like the cleanest of things. Right. So I have to kind of like stay on top of that. Um, I would say like that's one. Uh, what else? Those are probably like the, the, the biggest ones. I mean, I haven't really had a bad like this place is extremely unclean and like this is going to be an issue place. I don't really have like a nightmare situation, I would say. Um, all of them have been relatively smooth. So, nice. but yeah, <laughs> thankfully. Right. Not, knock on wood. Right, knock right. on wood. <laughs> so, when you're looking at, at a place online that you're going to reach out to, what, what do you, what are you, are you taking into account and, and maybe secretly judging or, <laughs> or thinking about this that would make you say, I'm not, that's not for me or that is for me? Yeah, um, so I kind of put it through a few things. So I usually start the search, again, like location-based. Um, I'm definitely learning more about this. Uh, the best time of the year to go to certain parts of the country or to go to certain countries internationally. Like I went to the, the Midwest this past late March and April. I was like, oh, it's spring. You know, I'll, I'll be fine. There shouldn't be any snow or 
horrible, horrible idea. There was still snow in April. All the trees were still dead. I was like, really bad decision. So I've gotten very, I think much better now, like timing like fall foliage and going to places when they're warmer out and not freezing my butt off and yeah. stuff like that. So I, I started with the location. Um, that's one thing I do. And I try to map out my content plan. Okay, how many videos do I need like minimum? Do I need the one to look a quicker trip just to load up? Maybe do like 10 places or do 15 or go crazy. Like I'm going to Canada soon, for an example. I'm shooting about like 25 places there. I'm kind of going crazy. Uh, so yeah, it's like the location based, uh, then the duration. And a big thing is then, um, you know, kind of different unique categories. So I kind of have a, want to have a nice diverse blend on my trips. And so off the top of my head, obviously the, the big ones are like container homes, uh, tiny homes, uh, A-frame cabins, tree houses. And I'll just call it like wacky slash modern. You know, there's a lot of ones I'll still shoot that are like, you know, ultra modern, sleek, Scandinavian, or just like wacky. Um, so then I try to, you know, use the, the Airbnb filters search in the areas, okay, can I maybe do a fourth of the places be container homes, a fourth of them be tiny homes, a fourth of them be this, um, et cetera, et cetera. So I try to also kind of, you know, sort out like by categories, have a nice like blend because I don't want to become just like a pure tiny home channel or become a pure container. I want a nice, you know, diverse blend. Yeah, um, people. Brings in different types of audiences too. Because a person who's like obsessed with container homes may not necessarily watch my tiny home video. That's okay, because I don't want to become just the container home guy. Um, so doing stuff like that, and then the way I actually, you know, go about, like, finding these places and kind of, like, narrowing it down and looking for them, really, like, two main ways. Honestly, one is just straight-up Google search, you know, like, top, you know, most unique Airbnbs in Georgia, most unique Airbnbs in, in Tennessee, you know, et cetera. Um, that, there's always tons of blogs and websites that have these lists of, you know, top 10, top 20 places. Um, that helps immensely. And then Airbnb very recently, I don't know what, two, three months ago, came out these new categories, which helped my job immensely because now they have even more specific, unique categories. They have like the OMG category, which is like the most unique of the unique. Uh, they have tiny homes, they have container homes. So that also makes my life like way easier. And it comes down to basically batching the content together and then obviously making sure it's a good place. Do they have high quality photos? That's like, uh, a non-negotiable, like no iPhone pictures. You can tell, I know it's very half a second I can tell if it's taken on an iPhone or professional photo. It's very clear to me. Uh, so obviously professional photos, uh, good reviews. And uh, also this is the other big thing, and then I'll, I'll cap this off, is, uh, is do they have marketing? Because that's, that's another big thing I've learned. Uh, if they don't have an Instagram account or, or Facebook or a website or like nothing, like they're only on Airbnb and that's the only place you can find them, um, that'll make it tougher for one for them to even answer me because it makes it more difficult for me to actually contact them. Um, and two, they may just not be as open to working with creators like myself if they don't do any form of social media marketing or really any marketing at all. So uh, it definitely uh, makes me more interested if they have existing, you know, social media feeds because then I know, okay, these people believe in marketing and they're way more likely to want to work with me and they may also potentially become a maybe a future paid marketing client of mine because I do have my agency. I do lots of consulting outside of YouTube. Um, so that's another big thing, I, I would say. So, uh, so yeah, that was a lot, but uh, I have a whole process. <laughs> so, you know, you, you're... You mentioned batching and, and traveling and doing 15 here in 20 days and mm -hmm. 25 in Canada. 
So what, what do you do the rest of the time? <laughs> yeah, so again, basically I try to, uh, again, batch step together so I can then take off, you know, three, four months uh, and go somewhere. And so uh, all my, my businesses are, you know, can be operated remotely. I don't have to be anywhere. So then I basically just um, post up somewhere for, for two or three months at a time and just kind of travel more for pleasure. And I work out of a co-working space or my Airbnb or, you know, whatever. So, so right now at this stage of my life, uh, uh, I'm 26. I almost said 25. I'm 26 now. Jeez. Uh, and uh, oh, you're getting old. Yeah, <laughs> I'm getting so old. Uh, uh, Mexico City is becoming a bit of a home base for me right now. Um, I really love Mexico City. Um, first spent some time down there earlier this year in, in 2022. One of my best friends uh, lives down there right now, and he invited me down. And now it's just kind of turned to a bit of a home base. You know, I have my you know apartment building down there. I love to to run from. I have a you know, gym now, personal trainer, co-working space, all the cafes. I have a girlfriend down there now. She lives in Mexico City. Uh, so kind of, I would say, whenever I'm not on the road shooting, I'm either in Mexico City or at home. I'm originally from New Jersey, you know, visiting family, um, or I'm traveling more, um, you know, internationally uh, for, for pleasure. I was just in, uh, in Europe for a bit, and I'm hoping to go to Asia uh, next year. So kind of a nice mix of just downtime and working remotely from some other spot. Love it, love it. So you've created this lifestyle that's given you the freedom to travel and the freedom to live anywhere you want virtually, uh, run your business virtually. What What is it that drives you and that has driven you from, you know, five or six years ago, in 20, at 20 years old, what, what was it that propelled you to this point and that continues to propel you forward? Yeah, I would say it's just, um, I mean, it sounds a bit cheesy, but just kind of continually trying to push myself out of my comfort zone, because that's just what gets me up in the morning, is going to these new Airbnbs, traveling to these new countries, meeting new people, new food, new culture, um, all stuff like that, that really um, just excites me. And uh, I still have been very grateful to, to travel quite a bit all over the U.S., all over the world. To know that like it's uh, there's just so much out there to to see and do still, and uh, I'm you know again I'm 26 and I, I still feel like I have um, I, I want to do as much as I possibly can now get the travel bug out of me see as much of the world I can as many Airbnbs as possible uh, before I had the wife and the kids and the mortgage and you know all that stuff uh, which I definitely will get to that's still definitely in my plans in the future uh, but right now I want to. Um, yeah, keep uh, keep traveling and having these new experiences now. So uh, so yeah, I'd say that, and also just generally, I'm just um, very again grateful. I was able to basically combine all my passions. I feel into one job because um, again, it basically feels like my dream job. I feel like I have gotten there, uh, which not a lot of people can say. So again, I'm very grateful to be in this position. Uh, but all my passions, one of my first ever um, career interests was to be actually an architect. I was young and I, you know, saw these big skyscrapers in New York City. And I was like, oh, I want to like, I was like, I don't know, 12. I was like, I want to build a skyscraper, you know, or something. And I actually realized, oh, you have to go to school for like an extra five years and be really good at math. And I sucked at math. I was like, all right, that's, that's, that's not going to happen. Um, so it was like architecture for a while. And then uh, obviously I love marketing. You know, I, I have my agency and I actually majored in marketing in, uh, in, in college. And I've just kind of always been obsessed with like, you know, marketing trends and new platforms and, you know, case studies, stuff like that. So marketing's always been big for me. Uh, content creation then, uh, again, I've taught myself, completely self-taught, uh, photography, videography, 
Uh, videography especially too is scary, man. I've only been doing this for about two years in YouTube. Like just learning how to edit, how to how to balance a gimbal. If any of my videographers listen to this, they will know what I mean. Balancing a gimbal for the first time is a very scary experience. Uh, doing doing stuff like that, and then uh, just my love for travel. You know, hotels, Airbnbs, traveling around. Basically, those like you know what three or four pillars I have combined into my my job now. And uh, it's it's just being able to live that every day. Uh, just again gets me out of bed every morning. Uh, and then on to the on to the next thing. So, yeah. so so going back to college and and marketing. So you know when I went to college, that was, was ninety nine two thousand. Mm-hmm. You know YouTube and and uh, content creation were not a thing. Mm-hmm. Is, is that kind of going into college where you thought you would go, or you know not, what, not going into all. marketing? <laughs> where, where did you think that marketing would lead you? Then? Oh man, yeah, yeah. So I was a uh, college was in interesting time for me. So to go back a little bit further, I kind of got the entrepreneurial bug first when I was 17. I was in high school and I started a, a clothing line with a buddy of mine. Uh, he was, you know, it was, I guess I'm going to say this, the, the, it was called a, called pineapple short and board. Yeah, cringe. I, I'm cringing so much right now. It's literally, <laughs> it's basically, uh, we basically want to be Hollister. We're basically straight up copying okay. Hollister. It's really dumb. We're 17 go easy on me. And we were creating like, um, you know, like board shorts and like little skateboards and stuff like that. And my business partner at the time literally looked like Justin Bieber. Like imagine like the, the long flowing blonde hair, California surf boy. That was my business partner. Anyways, uh, we launched this thing and, uh, we did like a Kickstarter campaign and we raised like $5,000, uh, for this to kind of fund the early stages of the business, which in the grand scheme of things, isn't a ton of money, but like when you're 17 and it's your first, like that's, yeah, I was like, this is freaking cool. Like I had spent the whole summer building this and we got some traction. I was like, I want to do more of this. And so uh, then I, I graduated high school and I know that was like, I want to do bigger things, kind of moved on from that. But I was kind of, um, I was kind of split between two paths. One was like, okay, I want to do more entrepreneurial things, but I don't know quite yet what that is. And the other half of me is I went to uh, Fordham University in New York City. And Fordham, for those of you who don't know, is extremely uh, Wall Street focused, very finance driven. Uh, everybody who goes there wants to be like a finance bro is, is, is the term we use. They want to work and, uh, you know, and basically be the, the wolf of Wall Street. They want to be Jordan Belfort. And I had that same dream for a while. And uh, I was very just uh, took me down a dark path, honestly, focused on just pure money and material things. That's like all I cared about. And uh, luckily, I, uh, I got out of that because I took a finance class and I almost failed out of it because I sucked at math again. <laughs> I'm really not that bad at math. I don't want to hit on myself so bad. I just, I just didn't want to calculate loans and appreciation all day. Um, I just realized not only was I extremely not passionate about finance whatsoever, I just didn't want my own job to be focused and just making rich people more wealthy because what good does that bring the world um i just wasn't even good at it i wasn't even to be that successful at it so uh so then i i began to focus more on marketing and i held a bunch of internships i uh, interned at a like a company that was on shark tank they were a startup for a while uh worked at a aol uh when they uh merged with verizons i got to kind of see this whole just crazy corporate uh, you know, disarray, like merging these companies, people getting fired, all this stuff, which again, further pushed me away from the corporate lifestyle. And then uh, while I was launching these other businesses, kind of my last ditch effort was like, okay, 
maybe I'll try and get a stable job, maybe I'll try the whole corporate thing, is I interned at Expedia my junior year summer. This was after I'd gotten back from study abroad and kind of the early days of now Michael Travel. And uh, Expedia was like, it is still a good company. Um, they set me up very well as an intern. They flew me out to Seattle to like do training as an intern, pay me very well, again, as an intern, was not full time. And I was like top floor of the Empire State Building, like catered to lunches, like great people. But the job itself sucked. Like I, I won't get into specifics, but like it just it was very boring, monotonous work. I remember uh, on the the second day of this internship, I remember this very vividly. I was taking like the same uh, subway line to get there and walking down the same street and sitting next uh, to the same guy called Jake. Sorry, Jake. Love you, Jake. Uh, I just remember sitting down, like putting my, my bag there. I was like, this sucks. It's like, I don't want to do this crap every day. I was like, I, I don't want to just have this, you know, monotonous routine of, of having this job. And, uh, and yeah, I didn't last much longer there. And I vowed myself to go all in on my, on my business, which at that time was really just my marketing agency. I wasn't, I had, you know, a little bit of a following on Instagram. I was way more hotel focused and like didn't really have a clear direction yet in terms of my content. But I went all in on my marketing agency, which at the time was doing hotel marketing. And, uh, and I um, hit a full-time income my senior year. Uh, that was my only goal. Everybody else was kind of, you know, partying as their, you know, last year of college, they all had jobs secure at that time. So all my friends are going out partying constantly and, and this and that, I'm just head down working and I, I made, a, I hit my goal and I then moved to, uh, to Bali, uh, Indonesia, like a week after I graduated college. I, I moved across the world to again, further kind of, um, you know, push myself uh, out of my comfort zone. And Bali, uh, it's definitely changed now. I mean, it still is. It's kind of like the, like the mecca of remote work and the travel lifestyle. I was like, I want to go there. Uh, and I did it, and I, and I hit that goal. And I uh, have never looked back onto finance or really anything else in college. <laughs> college was didn't learn a whole lot. It was, I was very self-taught. So. Yeah, you know, uh, if, if you're like me and you go to college, you know, this is kind of what was expected. Yeah. And you go yeah. off with this unclear path of what the world wants you to do, not necessarily what you're wanting to do. Uh, you know, I, I went uh, I went to college to be a, a game warden or a park ranger. You yeah. Know, I love the outdoors and I love being outdoors. Cool, and, cool. Uh, but once I got there and saw, you know, you're doing this, you're going to get sent here. And that's like, mm-hmm. that's not for me. You know, I mean, so I changed it up real quick. Definitely pros and cons, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and you talked about, you know, money. And, you know, yeah, Expedia was great. And the pay was probably great. And probably would have been a lot more if you went on full time. And mm-hmm. But, you know, we're not out here for the money. I yeah, mean, yeah. it's a byproduct a lot of times. But, you know, the money is not what drives me. I, mm-hmm. You know, the, to me, it's the, the experiences and, and being able to do something different every day. Absolutely. And create something for everybody else to enjoy. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just rewarding. I love so, it. Yeah. And I think it's the traveling, the new experiences as well, especially when you're traveling internationally. Um, I think what did it for me as well was when I um, moved to Bali and I saw how cheap it was there. Southeast Asia is incredibly cheap region if you're, if you're making dollars. And uh, I was seeing my um, my college buddies graduate and they're paying like two, $3,000 a month for these like crappy studio apartments in New York. I was like, are you kidding me? I moved to Bali and I was paying like 500 bucks a month for a villa with like a maid and a pool and this and that. I'm like, I'm never going back, man. I was <laughs> like, I need to keep, keep traveling. It really opens up your eyes, um, not just in terms of just pure money, um, 
of, uh, of what else is, uh, is out there outside of your bubble. So, uh, so do you see that as a lifestyle that a family could live if they were homeschooling and I mean, is that is that something that's doable? Are, are you asking for yourself? Are you gonna oh, go? Maybe I might have a friend. <laughs> uh, yeah, 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 that's the thing. You know, we want we want to give our kids these experiences, mm-hmm. and then you, you sit here and you feel like, man, you know, if it wasn't for school, mm-hmm. we could do this or this or you know. I think it's entirely possible. I know lots of families actually who, who do it. I can name at least three or four families just off the top of my head uh, who, who are constantly, almost constantly traveling or have at least done it for. Um, a good portion. Again, I, I go back to one of my mentors, Conrad. I think his kid's like two now, and the kid's already been to like 15 or 20 countries or something crazy like that. Um, it's, it's, it's pretty wild, but um, and that's definitely something I will ingrain in my, my own children someday is I definitely want to give them those experiences uh, early on just to, to see more um, what's out there in the world. Sure. And uh, and yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's definitely a different path, but I think Again, college is definitely good for certain people. makes sense for certain careers. But I think kind of zoomed out version, it really just trains you to work for someone else. That is really, in my opinion, the ultimate goal of what college is, is which makes sense. You're trying to get a job. You're trying to work at a big company. You're trying to do something entrepreneurial. It's just it's not always necessarily the, the best fit. What I will say on the flip side, what college did give me is it did not really give me much in terms of a learning perspective. It did give me... Um, learning more social skills and having more stability and giving me basically four years in an amazing city. I was in New York City. It was a great networking opportunity and getting internships, met lots of cool people. It gave me basically the, you know, stability and the resources to figure out what I wanted to do with my life and my businesses. So, um, you know, looking back on that, that was definitely a major pro. So there's, you know, everybody's a different situation. Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, you you take each experience that you have through life and apply it to where you are to now. Absolutely. You know, because something about everything that we've done or everything that I've done in my past has, you know, given me certain skill sets and pushed me in a certain direction. Mm-hmm. So, you know, while you're at college, you know, when I was in college, I was sitting here, you know, figuring up costs on building houses and, mm-hmm. you know, I, I wasn't doing the homework that I should have been doing. Sure, sure. But, you know, that's that's the thing to me. If, if you want to go out into marketing go take marketing classes, yeah. you know, and go to a trade school and check out the marketing classes. You don't have to have archery and PE yeah, to, yeah, yeah. to drive down this career path. And that's what, you know, college was to me was mm-hmm. a lot of waste to get the core classes that I needed. Yeah, yeah. But again, it, it's building the social skills. It's also building a network. You know, I'm sure you Absolutely. have connections from college that you still yeah. call on, on occasion. Oh, I think it's, it's like the internships thing uh, as well. Again, like, you know, that's, Another thing, you know, piece of advice, not not just the mentors, but also internships. I held probably four or five different internships in college, which taught me uh, early on and gave me a leg up to to know, one, what I was good at, which definitely was not finance, and, <laughs> and, and two, more importantly, like what I'm passionate about, you know. And so I learned that basically came out of college already knowing generally, obviously not exactly, but generally at least like the industry and the relative type of job I want to do. Versus, you know, you get an entry-level job and you're, you're stuck in it for two years and then you're, what, 24, 25, and like, I actually hate this now. It's, it's a little, little later down the road to, and, you know, so, uh, yeah, get internships early on, get experiences as early as you can, uh, definitely. Right. So what's, what's the end goal? Where does Mike want to be in a few years, five years, <laughs> 10 years, 15 years? And, and, you know, 
why do you keep doing what you're doing? How is that pushing you towards that goal? Yeah, definitely, man. Um, yeah, I thought about this a lot. So again, obviously, if you haven't you know, noticed by now, I love to travel, but at the same time, I realize I cannot do this forever. Um, I can't, you know, do this uh, when I'm when I'm, you know, older, be traveling nonstop for like six months, like I do sometimes, or this, or if I have, you know, other um, responsibilities. Uh, so kind of the the next phase for me, it's it's. I gotta, I'm going to call it the, the Mike will build phase. So what I, I have now is obviously Mike will travel. Mike will build is really when I want to have my own Airbnbs. Um, that's definitely a big goal of mine. Because um, I've traveled now to over 100 and 150, something like that, Airbnbs. And I know what works, what doesn't work. And I'm incredibly passionate about it. I want to have my own land, my own Airbnb some days. That's definitely a big thing. Um, just kind of get into real estate in general. Um, there's a lot of other people I, I look up to in the space and I like, respect and a couple other mentors who not only have their own Airbnbs, they're also investing in real estate. Uh, so I definitely want to do that. And I think kind of the next phase, like I would still do some Airbnb tours, but again, I recognize I can't just be shooting Airbnb tours forever, uh, is I want to document my own builds. That's another part of YouTube that really um, interests me immensely. I know lots of other YouTubers who document their builds. That's also a very viral worthy uh, portion of YouTube. And I think it would also kind of give me the ability to show my personality a little bit more in the in the videos. It's tough for my current videos because people at the end of the day, uh, you have to realize this, they're coming for the Airbnb. They're not coming for Mike. I mean, like at least 95% of them, unless they're like they're my super loyal subscribers and they watch every single videos. Most people clicking on definitely the majority are there for the Airbnbs. They don't probably know me, they don't really care. They just want to you know tour the container home. Versus I feel the um, build videos, I'm actually talking to the camera more. You know, my, my current videos are just kind of you know, like narration, you know, me talking very briefly, but mostly focused on the home. The build videos, it's more like documenting this entire process. And like, I, it's my job to make those videos as entertaining as possible. Basically sit in front of this camera with all this construction going on in the background. Okay, how can I make this like interesting? And that like really excites me, like kind of making that, that different type of content. Um, so kind of like doing that, I would say, and I have dozens of other ideas, man. Um, everything from, you know, podcasts to email lists to other digital businesses to courses. I mean, I have a bunch of different stuff I want to eventually um, tackle down. But I think it's just kind of, you know, getting a bit more of a home base when that time is right and then really focusing on that next phase, which is which is Mike Will Build. So awesome. looking forward yeah, to that. Yeah. So that's, you know, we kind of, with, with my YouTube, it was, it's Mike does. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've tried to, I tried to leave it broad to where, mm. okay, I can, Mike can do this or this or this. And I've talked about weight loss. I've talked about hiking yeah. and backpacking and different builds. And, you know, that's, that's been one of my goals is to, mm. you know, to document a full building, man, it's tough. Yeah, I mean, it, it is absolutely. like you know, always having a camera there when they're doing this and this and, and, mm -hmm. you know, for somebody that's been building homes for 25 years, 22 years, I don't think about all the steps that somebody that's never built a home before wants to see yeah, and hear. Very fair. And they don't, you know, necessarily think of, uh, I don't necessarily think of what the viewer might be having questions about. Mm. Uh, so it's been tough to, to kind of, yeah. you know, what what's like ordinary to me and, and simple. Mm -hmm. You know, somebody else has had that question like, well, how do you do this? And I'm like, well, that's, you just do this, this, and this. Yeah. So, you know, now, now I have to, next video, I have to dig in deeper on that. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, you know, I've gotten several that are kind of beginning, rough in, 
uh, you know, maybe four videos for a whole bill. But, you know, you could really take and, and have months of content for yeah, one bill yeah. if you Oh, absolutely, if you into every little detail. You would have bill. hours and hours. So, yeah. And I think it's also pushed me in this direction because I get so many comments from uh, people clearly don't research me well enough and they think I own these Airbnbs. I get this all the time. And they ask me just like super specific questions. The most common one is, what does this cost to build? Mm, Which drives me freaking crazy. I'm like, I don't know. I don't own these places. It's like that. It's like square footage. And I get like like super specific ones. Like, why is there no closet in that second floor bedroom? And like, how did you build the foundation on that side? I'm like, dude, I don't know. But it's my own place and I can answer all those questions because it's actually my own build and like educate these people more and, and hopefully most importantly provide them with some value if they want to build something similar on their own so uh, kind of going to that and getting the questions like how do you how do you keep it like here's the line what's too far and what's not because you know there's a lot of questions that are asked of me that i'm like you know that's you know it's really none of your business mm-hmm. I, I don't you know, I don't feel like that's something that's that's a financial issue or a financial yeah. matter that if I feel like it's personal and I don't want to disclose it or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, with the rentals, you know, are, are people digging into your personal life or are they, mm-hmm. you know, when you're when you're out there and in front of millions of people, you know, you get those that are are not the most pleasant uh, comments. And yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. How, how do you deal with that? And or are you seeing that? Yeah, I don't get like a lot of like hate comments. I would say if that's, <laughs> but no, uh, not necessarily. Yeah, hate. yeah, yeah. No, no. I think um. So I think I'll phrase it this way. Um, I, I don't even bother answering the cost estimate questions yeah. anymore or the square footage usually because I'm just like I don't have the information. I'm sick of these questions. I don't even respond to those anymore. I think a lot of other questions um, where they're like, "Where's the bathroom?" or like, "What's the location of this place?" and like this would be answered if you actually watched the entire video, yeah. which clearly you did not. And also if you, it's like every, all the information is there. You, you just didn't watch it. So I don't answer those either. Cause I'm like, you just didn't watch my video. I'm not going to waste my time to respond to you. If you didn't even watch my video it's, and then basically everything else I'll, I will usually answer. If it's like a, it's a question more about like me personally or my businesses or maybe something like, like relate to the hosts that they're comfortable sharing. Um, but I, I would say, honestly, at least like half the comments I get, I don't answer because they're just, they fit that criteria I just mentioned. Yeah. It's just not worth it. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So such a unique career path. I mean, you know, one that, that I'd love to send my kids down, <laughs> you know, it's just like, well, go out there and live before you get tied down. Yeah. What, what, what has this done for you? As a, personally, I mean, what what has this career path done for you as an individual, mm-hmm. uh, and what what are the freedoms that it's given you? I know it's allowed you to travel, but mm-hmm. it's got to be a little more than that. Yeah, I would say uh, it made me a much more confident person, um, confident, better social skills. I mean, even just talking to you on this podcast right now, like like we're just free balling this. We don't have a script really. We're just you know talking off. I used to be scared to death of public speaking like scared to death. Like I, I would be in high school and we get assigned a speech. I would be like, I couldn't sleep for a week. Like I literally had, I was scared to death of public speaking. Um, I, I just, I just couldn't do it. And if you asked me, you know, five years ago, like I would be a YouTuber and I laugh in her face, honestly, because <laughs> now I'm so, I love being on camera. I love talking to people. I can talk to almost anybody and hold a conversation. And, um, and I, I really enjoy it. So I would say this career in YouTube, it's just, um, 
it's just made me get out of my shell more. Again, get out of my comfort zone, this, the traveling thing or going up to strangers or, you know, coming down to this podcast, you know, it's just, you know, just gets me out there more, more socially and uh, communication and, uh, and, and all that good stuff. So, yeah. It's That's awesome. Yeah. So <laughs> that confidence of, you know, putting a video online for other people to critique and, mm-hmm. and to watch, you know, that, that was hard for me. Yeah. Man. And, you know, I, I'll send the videos to, to Doug, my editor and, mm-hmm. Uh, he'll send them back, and I post them, and I don't even watch them. Yeah, you know? <laughs> so I, I don't want to see it. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, no, we, were, we were on A and E a few months ago, and I still uh, haven't watched those. Uh, uh, you know, uh, so it's like, uh, I, yeah. I don't, you know, I've had people say, "Oh, it was great," but that's I'm like, funny. Yeah, I'm just not going to know. Oh no, it's like so, when I, I look back at my first, you know, first ever video, and I'm like, oh man. But I mean, but that that's everybody, that's man. Like if you if you scroll back on. I guarantee any YouTuber that you subscribe to now and you like sort by oldest, you watch their first ever video, you're, you're going to cringe. But the most important thing is you have to start somewhere. You have to put out that first video. It's just you're never going to get there. And you take the feedback. But yeah, my first video, like I shot it. I didn't post it for like months. I was like editing it like perfectly. And oh, maybe I should reshoot this part and do this and do that. Eventually, my, I think it was Bobby or some other YouTuber was like, dude, just freaking post it. Like, yeah. what are you doing? I posted it and everybody loved it and I got great feedback and then from there I just, you know, grew and grew and grew. And if I look at you know, the video I released like, you know, what, three days ago versus like two years ago, it's it's night and day. But you and that's what we do. Start. You know, we have to take each time and, and say, okay, I didn't like it the way I did this yeah. or I love the way I did this. And we just, you know, got to keep building on that. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, I think it's also like um, being open to, to criticism as well. So what I do a lot is I'll just call up one of my YouTube buddies and be like, yo, I want you to roast my video. Like I do that a lot. Like I, I was with like uh with our friend Levi Kelly. Uh, this is like a couple months ago. I'll just like call and be like, "Yo, dude, like this video didn't do well. Like, what what would you do differently? Or like, you know, or what's this thumbnail and everything? Like, especially in the earlier days, and uh, and that helped immensely. Uh, and Bobby and some of my other friends, Brett. I'm just like, dude, like this didn't do well, or you know, give me feedback on this. Thumb-. Being open to that because some people. Um, are, aren't so great at, you know, taking criticism. I take it personally. I really try to never take it personally and, and suck it up and, and make those changes. Uh, I respect those people's opinions and, you know, always be open to, you know, receiving that type of stuff. So, awesome. Well, you know, one of the things that I've really enjoyed about, you know, this this path and, and building the unique vacation rentals and uh, it's allowed me to, to meet, you know, meet guys like you, my YouTube heroes, you know, that I'm sitting there <laughs> watching every week and, and yeah, it's like, uh, you know, the the thing that really uh, hits me is that, you know, y'all are, y'all are great online, but you're, you know, every one of you has been really great in person as well, and yeah, just you yeah. know having that interaction and and meeting and uh, creating. Uh, if you're gonna give somebody new that is starting out advice on the content creation and building a business the way you have, what would that piece of advice look like? I'd say a couple of things. So, I would say one is like fail fast. Uh, don't be afraid to launch new businesses or to try different types of content, new types of videos. Learn what works quickly, and if it works, cool. Double down on that, get better at it, improve. If it doesn't work, move on, find something else. I Dozens of businesses that failed for me before I had my agency and I started YouTube. Dozens, if not more. Um, so that's definitely one thing. Uh, the other thing I would say, and this is, I think, really crucial, especially on YouTube, especially for early uh, YouTubers is like really understanding how YouTube works before you 
start posting videos consistently. What I mean by that, uh, one is doing your research. So it's, you know, finding your niche, you know, is extremely important. A lot of people, they'll be posting videos all over the place, all different types of niches, stuff like that. You need to find your niche as early as you can and then research what the most, you know, popular videos are in that niche. So for me, example, as first starting out, again, unique Airbnbs, I just shot anything that was cool and wacky and crazy, which was the whole purpose of the channel, obviously. And I was shooting like UFOs in the beginning, like lots of like weird, wacky stuff, which is cool, it's unique, but I didn't think about it as much from a, a marketing perspective as like, is there a large enough of an audience that's actually gonna watch this? And it was like some of the videos were, they were so specific and like too unique that they bombed. They, they did really, really bad. So what I then realized is, you know, find like my categories and what that is, is, is the types of Airbnbs, having my container home videos, my A-frame videos. So for any YouTuber, it's like finding your niche and then basically finding like your categories or essentially your sub niches. I keep using the word niche way too much. But uh, basically making sure you're putting out videos that actually will always have the chance to go viral. That should always be your goal is every single upload, I wanna make this go viral. Not just to like, you know, post once a week and make sure you hit your upload. Every video should ha have the chance to go viral and be the best video possible you can to, to put out there. So I would say uh, that's another big one. And probably the third piece of advice I kind of mentioned earlier is just like always give value in, in everything you do. Um, that's another big thing. Again, with the zero expectation, anything return, that applies to so many different things. To when you're pitching, you know, for clients or trying to find mentors or launching your videos. So, um, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's probably the three is, uh, yeah, uh, fail fast, understand the, the back end or the logistics of YouTube and uh, just always give value. Those are probably my top three. I love, I love the value piece so, for sure. Yeah, man. So, all right. So, uh, a book that you've read or listened to that's had a big impact. Ooh, I would say. Uh, so, I'm more of a podcast guy okay. because I'm, you know, always driving a lot or on planes or you know stuff like that. And so, I would say one I love is uh, is how I built this uh, by Guy Raz, NPR. And uh, if not familiar, he basically uh, just interviews like really incredible entrepreneurs. And a lot of like name brand ones who so interview the guys from like. Airbnb, like Apple, IBM, all these different people that I, I look up to and, and companies that I use every single day and I'll interview these people and some of these stories of how these companies were, were founded or the, you know, the, the trials and tribulations these people went through to start these like now billion dollar companies is like mind blowing to me. Um, so that's definitely very inspiring. I, li I like to listen to um, constantly. And the other one, which is kind of more just uh, great to like stay on top of like uh, YouTube and what's going on in the creator space uh, is, uh, is the Colin and Samir uh, podcast, which is a very creator focused podcast. These two guys uh, based out of LA and they'll just basically interview uh, some of my favorite creators. They'll interview these big YouTubers and also just talk about trends going on in the YouTube space, social media space, and just, you know, things that are going on um, so those are probably my, my top two, I would say, is, is how I built this in, uh, in the Colin and Samir show. So, yeah, man. Mike, I appreciate you coming on. Looking forward to seeing everything that you've got coming down the line. Where can we find you if we're looking for you online? Yeah, thanks for having me again, man. Uh, it's, uh, it's Mike Will Travel uh, across everything, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok now. And uh, if you're listening to this, two, three years down the road, maybe it'll be Mike Will Build. So search for that too. So <laughs> Good. appreciate you coming on. See you guys next week.